0: block Talk Radio.
1: All right, let's take our songbook this morning. You might find me one. Is it? My songbook went. All right, it's finding me. I guess I didn't. Right in front of me. That ain't a good start, is it? Number 78. Number 78. Let's stand together. Number
0: 78.
1: Redeemed, I
0: to proclaim Redeemed by the blood of the lamb.
1: Redeemed through its infinite mercy. It's found is forever I am.
0: Redeemed, redeemed, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed, redeemed,
1: his child and forever I am. Redeemed and so happy in Jesus, no language my rapture can tell. I know that the light of His presence with me does continually dwell. Redeemed, redeemed, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb.
0: Redeemed, redeemed, redeem. His child is forever I am. I think of my blessed redeemer. I think
1: of him
0: all
1: the day long. I think for I cannot despise. His love
0: is the theme of my soul. Redeem, redeem. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeem, redeem. It's time and forever I am. I know I trust in his beauty, but he is my so delight.
1: For lovingly guardeth my
0: thoughts,
1: and giveth me surrender. This morning, so glad to see some, so many of you here this morning. Have we got any prayer requests? Prayer requests. Yes, Miss Charlotte. Yes, ma'am. Sure we will. Others. we'll lift her up in prayer and pray that they get some answers to that. God gives her a healer on that. You know, please uh, be in prayer for uh, Brother James Shirock. He uh, he was one of our men over at Paris when I was over at Faith Baptist Church. And Brother James served God alongside me about 12 years over there. God sent him to me at a time when I needed some help. I needed a mentor. I needed somebody who would kind of be my counterbalance. And, and God sent uh, one of the most wonderful people I could have ever asked for. And I went and visited him this week. He's in the latter stages of Parkinson's, and he's skin and bones. What a blessed soul he's been and tremendous Christian. Y'all please pray for him as he, he gets ready to cross over and for his family. And uh, I'm sure I'll be part of that fam- uh, funeral uh, pretty soon. But anyway, I got to visit with him. Such, sweet, such a sweet fellowship we had and uh, just rejoicing in Jesus together. So uh, please remember to pray for that family. Anybody else, remember to, for, remember to pray for Bonnie. Remember to pray for Grant. Remember um, to pray for Scott. If we would like to see Scott get back in church, I know he's, he's still getting better. Um, pray, I'm glad I'm glad Dan's recovering as well as he is. Amen. 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 Anya, glad she's here this morning. And uh, who, else? who else? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. Looking her up in prayer. Um, anybody else want to go Lord and prayer this morning? We need, oh, we need to do this. We got, we got to take care of this. I'm sorry, you play, you play on the piano. That even You'll be fine. You'll be fine. We, we got a birthday girl here today. Uh, 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 I said, we got a birthday girl here today.
0: <laughs>
1: right. And the Lord has blessed her, and she's been on this earth for 93 years. Amen. And she served him faithfully for a bunch of them years. And we just thank God for her, and thank God for her presence in this church and her sweet spirit. And we just love you to death, Sister Nail. Let's sing happy birthday to her this morning. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday! God bless you. Happy birthday to you, and many more. God bless you, sister. Amen. Y'all be sure, y'all be sure, and stay after service too. Amen. We're gonna eat after service. All right. Any, anything else? All right. Let's go, to Lord. Let's ask God to meet with us. Brother right. us some Amen, amen. You make me it, <laughs> <laughs> He's doing better than here this morning. All right. Let's turn to number 50 in our songbook. Number 50, I am resolved. means I made my mind up. No more confusion or debate.
0: I am resolved, no longer to linger, nor by the world's delight. Things that are higher, things that are nobler, Jesus is under my side. I will give grace unto him, make the souls of men free. Jesus, great and tugging, I will come to thee. I am with the physical and with the leaving my sin and strife. He is, truther, he, is justice, he is the true one, He is the just one, He has the Lord of life. I will face unto thee a brittle and tree. Jesus, greatest, highest, I will come to thee. I am the Lord, to follow the Savior, make my and stay. He he's
1: what he's saying, and what he's,
0: he's
1: written, he
0: is the living way. And I'm the to him, and, he's not so glad and free.
1: 79 at the cross at the cross where I first saw the light Thank you. could cry and cry and cry and weep and moan and groan and roll in the dirt over my sins and it wouldn't make one bit of difference. Amen. It's what Christ has done for me. And all I can say is here, Lord, take me, I'm yours. Amen. I'm yours. I put myself in your hands, kneeling at
0: his cross. Amen. Number one thirteen, let's
1: turn there and sing. Blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. Amen.
0: But in a glorious heaven divine, oh what a birth! Takes the glory divine, heir of salvation, purchased of God, born of His Spirit, washed in His blood. That is my glory. This is my song, praising my Savior all the day long.
1: This is my story, this is my
0: song, praising my Savior all the day long. Perfect commission, perfect
1: life, making the right. For my sight, angels be standing, bring
0: bread over
1: Acts chapter 9, I told Brother Byron last year, yesterday, when I was talking to him on the phone, I said, brother, really, I don't know what this message is going to wind up being, but it'll be something. Amen. This has been a wild week. I have spent my week running back and forth playing doctors' offices and hospitals and emergency rooms, and uh just it has not been a normal week, but God is good. And I want to do something this morning. We're going to talk this morning. Acts chapter 9, we're going to talk about the Apostle Paul. And we're going to talk about his conversion. But we're going to, we're going to, this is going to kind of be I I don't know if it's necessarily going to be a Sunday morning sermon that you're accustomed to. This is going to be a little bit of teaching in this because I really feel like it's essential that we understand some things about how God works and how God went from the Old Testament and the law to the age of grace where we are today and how all these things transpired and how it shifted. And that's what we're going to look at this morning as the, as the gospel moved over to the Gentiles and over to the apostle of the Gentiles, the apostle Paul. So let's look at it this morning. I want you you take your Bible to Acts chapter 9, and we're going to read verses 1 through 19. We're going to pray, and then we're going to get into the word of God, and we're going to ask God to lead us this morning as we do. Let's read chapter 9, the book of Acts, verse 1. And Saul... And heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise, and go into the city, and it shall be told thee, what thou must do. And the men which journeyed with him, speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. And Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no man. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was three days without sight, neither did eat nor drink. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him that said the Lord in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the street, which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth, and hath seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in, putting his hand on him, that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard by many of this man how much evil he hath done to thy saints at Jerusalem.
0: And here he hath
1: authority from the chief priests, to bind all that call on thy name. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me, to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias went his way and entered into the house and putting his hands on him said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that hath appeared unto thee, and the way as thou camest hath sent me, that thou mightest receive thy sight, and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And immediately there fell from his eyes, as it had been scales, and he received sight forthwith, and arose, and was baptized. And then, and when he had received meat, he was strengthened. Then was Saul certain days with the disciples which were at Damascus. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before your throne this morning. Lord, we need you right now in this service. Father, your people have come and gathered together, assembled to hear the word of God. Father, I pray you'd help me this morning to teach the truth. Lord, that you'd help me to communicate it in a way that it can be easily understood. Father, I pray, Lord, that you'll give us some insight, Lord, into how you are dealing with men. Lord, how you've dealt with men and how you will deal with men. Father, I thank you that everything culminates in the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, that everything uh, bottlenecks into that That hill on Calvary, Lord, I'm so thankful tonight, or this morning, rather, Lord, that Lord, you called me to this, this place, to this time, to this pulpit, these people, for this, this message. Lord, I pray that you'd help me to preach it and bring glory and honor unto my Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray for souls. I pray, Lord, for souls to be saved. Lord, I pray for lives to be changed. I pray for a Bible to break out in our community. Lord God, I pray, Lord, that you fill your people, Lord, this morning, your people who have come to gather together in your presence. Fill them with your spirit. Pour out Yourself on us today. Lord God, we pray that today we'd have a wake-up call, that we'd realize, Lord, we're sending to this world just like the Apostle Paul to preach the gospel to every preacher. Lord, please help us now in the next few moments to receive from you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I thank you for all you've done and you're going to do give you all the glory and the praise. Put your power on me and breathe on me. Forgive my sins. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. All right. Praise God. So, we're going to look at the Apostle Paul this morning. And I guess I should say Saul of Tarsus because that's what the Bible is referring to him as at that point. And a little later on, it just simply said, Saul, who is also called Paul, and from there we just kind of run with it, and he's called Paul. But for the sake of, uh, of this morning, we're going to call him Saul of Tarsus, but we're going to look at his conversion. How did Paul get saved? That's the question. We're going to look at how Paul got saved, because his salvation experience is very unique. I dare say there's not a single person in here that got saved like Paul got saved. All right? I don't think it's a single person here that got saved the way Zacchaeus got saved either. All right? Zacchaeus had climbing please' Y'all know that? He climbed because he believed he, he wanted to see him. He climbed up in the street to see him. He had climbed and climbed. But but I want you to say this more. Paul Paul's salvation experience is different, and the reason it's different is kind of odd. Is because Acts is a transitional book. It is not just it's not just uh, one thing. It, gospel the gospel of of grace is coming into full bloom in the book of Acts. Um. The transitioning from the Old Testament into the New Testament. Alright? I've said this before, but parts of the book uh, of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, uh, I mean, actually, in John, uh, they're all still partly in the Old Testament because the Bible says that, that you know, the, the the Testament it has to have the death of a testator. And Jesus Christ is the testator. So, Everything begins to change after the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. Up to that time, up to that time, things had been very different. There weren't Gentiles involved in salvation up to that time. Uh, we're, trying, we're transitioning from the dispensation of law in the Old Testament to the dispensation of grace in the New Testament. I don't know how many of y'all understand the word dispensation, I don't know how many of you understand dispensationalism, but I want to kind of give you a brief, brief little picture so you understand what I'm saying. I, I talked about this just a little bit in Sunday school, but I'm going to hit it again this morning, so hopefully I can help all of you get, on, get up to speed with me. But the word dispensation, it just, it's, it's a dispensing, okay? Y'all ever got nachos? You went over to the cheese dispenser and squirted some cheese on you, just, so you put the added something to your nachos. Well, God is... Adding something to man down through the ages. I, I told you, I wasn't the best one to it anyway. But we begin in the garden. God put Adam and Eve there. What did He tell them? He told them. He said, "Y'all be fruitful and multiply to do the earth, and don't eat of this fruit of the tree over there." But what did man do? Man obey oh, God? No. Man said nope. Eve he said, "Hey, this is good. You need to try and bite of this." And, and of course, he had the joiner in sin. And what happened? Judgment came upon him. Right. God, God God, kicked them out of the garden. Sin, sin caused them to die. Sin caused them to get sick. Sin caused them to age. Sin caused trouble to come. And God, again, God sent them out of the garden, but he made skins and coverage for them, and he taught them a picture. He preached them a sermon, and he taught them that there is a Messiah coming. And that picture of that blood, was a picture of the blood of the Lamb that to be shed for them, and they knew this, God was going to send the Redeemer. Alright? So, that was the first dispensation of innocence. Then you come to the second one, the dispensation of conscience. Lord Jesus Christ, He's saved. God shut the door there, closed up inside of it, and they're safe. In the midst of that judgment, they're safe completely. All right. Then we come to the third. We come to human government. And Egypt. Uh he had a baby born a handmaid because he didn't believe God the promises. Him and him and his wife, if they got old, he said, uh, "You know, I know God promised you all this stuff, but hey, she said, I'm ninety years old and you're you're a hundred years old. It's obviously not going to work out, but let's let God's plan work out. So let's do this. Hey, I got a handmaid over, she's kinda young. Uh, you marry her and have a baby with her, and we'll call his name Ishmael. You know what? We're still having trouble with Ishmael. That's where Axis and all them folks over there that hate the Lord Jesus, them them, them Islam, that's where they come from. Because he tried to do it in his own strength. He was interested in God. So again, he failed. They wound up down in Egypt. What happened? Find it. Judgment. But what did God do? God brought them out. Those who put the, land, put the blood over the doorpost. What did that symbolize? Christ. Brought them out where he ran across the Red Sea. This is the blood of Christ again. God saved them from that judgment. Then we come to the law. What Moses Moses went up on the on, the, on Mount Sinai and he got the Ten Commandments. So God gave them the law and uh, and he he gave them his moral law he gave them his dietary law. He gave them all the law and they had a systematic. Uh, system of offerings, a sacrificial offerings set up
0: And um, according to the law
1: that, The law was never there to, For them to keep completely Because they couldn't keep it It was there to show them That they needed a savior But right? what happened? Israel turned aside idolatry. Israel fell And then Christ came Christ came Did they accept him? No, they rejected him so right then and there, boom, God said, okay, I'm going to send the gospel to the Gentiles. And that's where we find ourselves. So we're right in between the law and, the, and, and grace. We're right in between. So things are shifting around. all right. So that, that's why sometimes you read things and you say, hmm, that sounds a little odd. But it could be that he's not speaking to the Gentiles. It could be that God is still dealing with the Jews on something, and that's why you don't understand it, because it's not written specifically to you. Now, the Bible, everything in the Bible is for me, but everything in the Bible isn't to me. Okay? So, we're tra- again, we're transitioning, and, and like I said, God's dealt with a whole lot of people in a whole lot of ways down through the ages, and he's transitioning from law to the age of grace. So the gospel of the kingdom, been free only to the Jews. What is that? That Christ is going to establish his kingdom on earth. If the Jews, if when Jesus had come, if the Jews had accepted Jesus, if they had all, if the nation of Israel had accepted Jesus as their Messiah, the millennial kingdom would have started right then. Christ would have sat on the throne of David. It would have begun right then, but they refused him and rejected him. And that rejection, God gave them all the way up until the murder of Stephen. And when they, when he rejected him, and they him, finally, there, that's when God was done with the Jews for this time, for during the age of grace. Again, we're seeing the gospel shifting from the Jews to the Gentiles. And the preaching is, is going to be no longer that. We're going to see very much of Peter, James, and John. They were the Jews going to the Jews. Peter's still involved in, that, in Acts as we move through but he's not, the, he's not the primary focus. The primary focus shifts over to the Apostle Paul. Acts, the book of Acts has 28 chapters. I don't know if you all know that or not, but Acts has 28 chapters. And, and up until verse 7, we were focused on the Jews. We were focused on Peter and James and John. We were focused on what was happening there at Jerusalem. But in the first... In, in, in the first well, right there in chapter 7... We see Saul make his first entrance there, and then in chapter eight we see Saul consuming unto his death. So Saul is making his entrance into the Book of Acts. So one from seven, again primarily about the Jews, but chapter seven forward all the way to, book, uh, to chapter twenty-eight, three quarters of the Book of Acts is about the Apostle Paul and his ministry. So you see, God is shifting away from Jerusalem and the Jews, and He shifts. Over to Paul, and he's going to go into Asia, Asia Minor. He's going to go in. He's going to go up up through, uh, Turkey and Ottoman Empire, going through all that stuff up in there, and and he's going to be preaching the gospel. I know it wasn't all those things at that time, but that's where he's headed up through Turkey and all around to to uh, Italy in that direction. So three quarters of it, like I said, are about the, the ministry of Paul. So let's look at verse one, and let's read verses one and two of chapter nine, and Saul yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord went to the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus to the synagogues that if he found any of this way, where there were no women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. So he was, so was a very, very bad guy. I mean a bad guy. He was a murderous, on a murderous rampage. You've got to get your mind around his anger level. He said he, he was breathing out threatening everywhere. He went. I'm going to kill these Christians. I'm going to kill them all. I'm going to kill everybody that believes on Jesus. And he said, I'll slaughter you. I'll fuck you to pieces. He was, I'll lock you up. I, he was threatening people everywhere. He was trying to get them to back off, repent, deny Christ, and it'd be over. He hated the Lord Jesus Christ. He hated everything about what Jesus had said, and he said, he, he, again, he looked at the high priest. and He said, listen, I want warrants. Those are the letters he's talking about. I want warrants. I want the authority to be able to go. And he says that if he found any of this way, and you see this way, that means believers in Christ. If he found any of the Christians, whether it was no other difference to him, he would have put him in handcuffs and bring him to Jerusalem to either be tortured or, or to be uh, put in jail or to be assassinated, to be killed. So he would torture and slaughter Christians. First Corinthians 15, verses 8 and 9, Paul is talking about what happened to him. And listen is what he said. And last of all, he was seen of me also, in other words, from my Jesus, as one born out of due time. He said, and for I am the least of the apostles. But I am not neat or I'm not, I'm not fit to be called an apostle. Why? Because I persecuted the church of God. He said, I persecuted him. I was your worst enemy. So you know what that does? me? it doesn't for sure that the church existed before Paul got saved. That he persecuted the church. All right. Jews reaching the Jews and the king again, like I said, the kingdom could have still come at that time if Israel would have just repented and believed on Christ as their Messiah. So the church was just Jews in the beginning. Again, they were just—they were, they not going to the Gentiles; they were just going to the Jews. So they were building the body of Christ. Uh, Peter, James, and John were. And then, if you look in Romans, or I'll just read it to so you. Romans sixteen, verse seven. Paul talking about uh, well, it's, he's coming to the close of of, of of this of this book, and he's saying he's giving, he's saying his goodbyes and his you know his how you doings and all that, and he says, "Salute or say hi to Andronicus and Junia." What the hell are they doing? Who is Andronicus and Judy? i never heard of them before. He said, my friends, so they were just brothers and sisters in Christ. And my fellow prisoners, they're locked up too, who were, among, who were of note among the apostles, who also were in Christ before me. So they were saved before he got saved, he said. So God has already been building the body of Christ before Paul ever got saved. So as Christ is building his body on earth, the gospel is now being sent to the Gentile world, and the Gentile world is going to be saved and added to that same body. We see it in Galatians. I, you'll, you'll see, I'm not, not right now, but if you run across it, where he said there's neither Jew nor Greek. We're all in Christ. So we're all for that same body, whether the is Jewish when they get saved or the Gentile when they get saved. But as him, we're transitioning from the gospel of the kingdom That's what they preached before. Again, they were preaching, they were preaching, Jesus is the Son of God. He is the Son. You need to believe that He is the Son of God. They were trying to get Jews to understand that He was their Messiah. That was the message of the gospel of the kingdom. For them to believe that He is their Messiah. Now, it's not the same as we believe today. I'll show you again. It went from who he was to what he has done. And yet, again, you look all the way back in the age of innocence. What was it? The fruitful multiplies don't eat of that tree. But then after it was, there's a Messiah coming, and there's always been. There's a Messiah coming. There's a Messiah coming. There's a Messiah coming. As we ask forward to Christ being born in a Bethlehem up Major, there's a Messiah coming. There's a Messiah coming, and that message went through the through, all after right, through the prophets. There's a Messiah coming, and God said, "Okay, I'm done with you." So Paul. The sign's already come. Here's what he did. Here's what you must believe. That's what we're going to see. Again, it's the same belief in what God has done. It's the same belief in what God has said. It's the same belief in the same Jesus. But again, once once they were headed toward it, now we're looking back on it. All right? Again, it's all about what he is doing now. It focuses now on his saving blood on his death, his burial, and his resurrection. But who did God use? God used Saul. God used a murderer. He was a murderer. If we went, instead, so said, well, we need a preacher to go and reach some people. Would well, you go see if you could find somebody? Why go get a murderer and bring him back. God looked at me like I was crazy. Like I had a foot growing out of my head. Well, you're going to somebody better than that. I've some people look at God and say, God, why don't you use a man like Saul? Why not? They said people reject him anyway. They say this whole Hebrew Messianic movement, they basically reject the Apostle Paul. They say he, he, he just came in, took over the New Testament, and just wrote a bunch of stuff that wasn't true. That's why I have use for that stuff. That's all the way most of the Bible. <sighs> Galatians chapter 1. Galatians chapter. Oh, oh, oh I'm, I'm, skipping, I'm skipping ahead. Let me give you this. Again, he was a murderer. Acts twenty two four. He Paul said. Paul said, and I persecuted this way again. Christ. Those who believed on Christ unto the death, binding and delivering into prisons both men and women. So he was on. And his his goal. If I could kill them all and get rid of them all, that's what I want to do. So Galatians chapter 1, don't you look there, Galatians 1, 11 through 18. Galatians 1, 11 through 18, he said, But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. He said, For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. So he said, Listen, I didn't, I didn't get the gospel from Peter, James, and John. I didn't get the gospel from Adam and Adam. I didn't get the gospel from the believers in Damascus I was sent to, to arrest. I got the gospel from the Lord Jesus Christ himself. So, well, Jesus has not been in heaven. when am told oh, is going on. I know. He goes on, verse 13, For ye have heard of my conversion. I'm sorry. Ye have heard of my conversation the way I used to be. In time past, in the Jews' religion, how that beyond measure, I persecuted the church of God and wasted it. He said, man, I was a psycho killer. I was a mercenary. I mean, I was on a mission to kill them and get get rid of them all. You know the way I used to be, he said. I told y'all before, I said, you knew me back then? You let me so with no nowhere in the That guy didn't count. Think a lot of us like that. If, 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 if everybody knew us today the way we were at one time, well, they hadn't been doing us. But Paul was a mess. And he said, I profited in the Jews' religion. He was making good money. He was doing well. He said, above many of my equals in my own nation being more exceedingly zealous of the traditions of my fathers. I was a red-hot Pharisee, ladies and gentlemen, who separated me from my mother's womb. You see that? You see that? He said, God separated me from my mother's womb. Before God, before Paul ever grew up, before Saul ever wound up at the feet of Gamaliel, before he ever wound up there in Jerusalem studying law, before any of that ever took place, God already knew on that road to Damascus, he was going to deal with Paul. God already prepared him. God already, his whole life was already laid out in God's mind. God knows exactly what Paul's going to do, and he knows exactly when he's going to do. it. So Paul says, hey, God had a plan for me before i ever come along. He separated me. That doesn't mean he separated me from my mother. He just means I was set apart, sanctified for his use when before I was ever born. God had separated me for be years by him before I was ever. And you know what? So can I say that. God called me as a preacher before mama ever had me. God knew what I was going to do. God knew what I was going to be. God has your life. He already knew what you were going to do before you were born. So he said he called me, separated me from my mother's womb, and he called me by his grace. What amazing grace it is that God would use an old wretch like me and do something with my life and ever allow me to be used as a as a means, or a platform, as a vehicle to get the gospel of grace, the gospel of salvation to all sinners and see people get saved. What a privilege I have had over the years to witness to people and see them trust Christ as their Savior. I can't tell you what a joy that is in my life. I can't tell you how many tears I've shed rejoicing over somebody who's been born again. Call me. By His grace, He didn't have to. I was dead in my sins. But oh, God have mercy on me! When He called me by His grace, He said to reveal His Son in me, not just to Him, but in Him. He will no longer be Paul, the arrogant killer who wanted to who wanted to destroy Christianity so that he could he he could uh, be bigger and badder. And, 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 and more important, and more, more wealthy, friends. You know, Listen, I'm just cutting into his paycheck. You remember I told you about how how the how the, the chief priests and all of them they were getting an uproar in Jerusalem because he got people getting saved in droves, and they were starting to question him And, and he said, "I got to get this. they it. got to put stuff in this right now." He was trying to stamp out that fire. I mean, it was turning into a bonfire in Jerusalem. Started out just a you few know, sparks, and they tried to they tried to get him in freedom and stop it all around over the world. You are get in a wind He's trying to put out a fire, you start spread embers everywhere. That's exactly what happened with the gospel. Uh, he said, Reveal his son in me. Why? Why did he want to reveal his son in him? He said, that I might preach him among the heathens. He said, Now listen, immediately, I conferred not with flesh and blood. Again, he didn't talk to anybody else. He said, Neither went I up to Jerusalem to them which were apostles before me. But I went into Arabia and returned again unto Damascus. And then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and abode with him fifteen days. Again, Paul was a murderer. But God still used him to lead the Gentile church. You know, it's kind of interesting. Do you remember there was another guy who was a murderer that God used? His name was Moses. Remember he got out working with the, the Egyptians and and got, got around the Hebrews, and he realized, hey, I, them's my people. And
0: and he seen that Egyptian
1: slay one of his Hebrew brothers. and Make sure I kill that Egypt. That's the reason he ended up getting kicked out of Egypt. If Pharaoh was gonna kill him, that's the reason he went. That's the reason he went down into the wilderness. The wilderness of sin, as it's called, and wandered out there for forty years before he ever came back and let the children of Israel out. Now. When he led the children of Israel, they went across the Red Sea and they went off into that wilderness and they wound up down there at a mountain called Mount Sinai. Mount Sinai is where God gave Moses the Ten Commandments. He went up on that Moses on that mountain all by himself, along with God, and God spoke to Moses as he was his friend. All right, it's kind of interesting that. Moses, the murderer, wound up in, on Mount Sinai, hearing from God down there in that area. Well, when when Paul left Damascus, guess where he went? He went down that same area and spent some time alone with God. And what did Christ do? Christ taught him what he wanted him to do. Kind of interesting how those lives count. have some parallels there. So anyway, could they collect this term? Maybe not. Look in three and three through five. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven, and he fell to the earth. And a voice he heard a voice saying unto himself, so, so, Why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, comma, Lord? He knows something a me. He So I never heard him to me like this before. I mean, it was like the whole rest of the world was gone and everything was a bright white light. And he fell down on his knees. And he said, who art thou, Lord? And a voice said to him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Now, was was Saul persecuting Jesus himself? No. No. He was persecuting his body, his church. And he's he saying, if you're persecuting them, you're persecuting me. Now, he says, if you offer a drink of water to us, is, if is you done it have done to me, again, you're hurting my people. You're hurting me. And he said, okay. He said, okay. He said, okay. He said I am Jesus. And thou persecutest. And he said, it's hard for me to kick against the pricks. And I'm going to tell you a lot of people, go, what in the world is he talking about? Well, if you're working behind the mule and he won't go, you know something called a goad? A goad is a stick. It's got a sharp point on it. Well, what do you do? You ghost that mule in the back end. And if that mule is stubborn and do not want to go and you keep ghosting that mule with a sharp stick, you know what you're going to eventually do? It's going to kick back on that leg. You ever been kicked by a mule or a horse? hurts, too. They don't play around. They got a short... I mean, they, they got a hard foot. It hurts. Okay? He said, here, you're like a mule. Kind of a, he called him a... he turned him a jackass. A mule. He said, you're a hard-headed son of a gun, Paul. He said, I keep trying to get you to do something, and you just keep kicking against me the whole way. That's what he called him. He said, you're kicking like a mule at me. It's hard for you to keep doing that, Paul, because I'm trying to lose something in your life. And notice verse 6. He said, and, and he trembling." And astonished. God had blown his ever-loving mind. And he had, he had, all his strength was gone. All his rage was gone. Paul was, Paul was as weak as strained water. All oh, his big bad top was gone. And he realized that it was Jesus. And he said, Lord, he called him Lord. You see there? He had already, at that point, Paul had already accepted that Jesus was the Messiah. At that moment, Paul had already accepted that Jesus was the Messiah. And Elaine, I want you to understand something, too. Paul got, Paul got saved in an interesting way because not only he he was a Jew, you see, he was a Jew, and as a Jew, he accepted Jesus as the Messiah at that moment. But this, but he also was there, and more likely was there at Calvary when Jesus was crucified. We don't know. It's not in the Bible. But he was certainly in Jerusalem. He was there at stoning at of Stephen. He knew all about what, what had happened, happened in Jerusalem, and he more likely was there. He was more likely was one of them jeering at Jesus. He knew that Jesus had died on the cross. He knew that Jesus had rose again. He had heard that. He, now, he now he understands it. So number one, he understands he's Messiah, and number two, he understands what he did for him. So he got it both ways. Like I said, his, his salvation was unusual. He's a transitional salvation. And so he said, okay, he said, what, what What do you want me to do, Jesus? What do you want me to do? The Lord said, get up, arise, go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. And Saul arose from the earth, verse 8 and 9. And when his eyes were open, he saw no man. God had allowed something to take place with his eyes, where he shut out the outside world. He couldn't see anything. The thing he knew, at that moment, I'm assuming, he got, I don't know why God did it, but it seems to me God did it so it could be replayed over and over and over and over in his mind. So the last thing he saw was that God, what God had done with him. So it's this, and he was there three days. He, was, he brought him to Damascus. He was there three days without sight and didn't eat or drink. So he's just, he's just alone with God. Verse 10 says, there was a certain disciple in Damascus named Ananias. Not the same one that dropped dead in chapter 5, by the way. It's a different Ananias. There's a lot of different people, the same name in the Bible. And to him, the Lord said it to the Lord in vision, Ananias. I want to be like Ananias, by the way. Ananias was close at hand. He was ready, waiting for God to do something with him in his life. So the Lord said, Ananias, and Ananias said, Lord, I'm here. The Lord said, Arise and go to the street which is called straight. By the way, that street's still here. I was I was uh, listening to a guy talking about this and he, he told the story I think the book's called uh, Innocent Tra- or Innocence Abroad, written by Samuel Clemens, otherwise known as Mark Twain. And uh, he he went all over the world in his lifetime and he went to Damascus and he rode a horse down that street which is called straight and he and at the time there were still the houses the the ones that were there in Paul's day were still there. I don't know if war has destroyed him up to this point, but he was he, he riding down that street realizing that in one of those houses was the apostle Paul had been But he, he went there, Ananias went there, he said, Inquiet the house of Judas Different, different Judas, for one called Saul, a and from the holy prayer, and he had seen a, in a vision a man named Ananias coming in, putting his hand on him, that he might receive a son. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard by many of this man how much evil he has done to thy place at Jerusalem. And here he has before him the chief priest to bind all that call on the name. He said, Now God, I love you, and I trust you, but this guy's a murderer. He'll kill somebody. We already know he's a bad guy. I mean, you you might as well have been asking him to arrest Charles Manson, or, I mean, to go help Charles Manson, or or, or go go help help some kind of psycho killer, you know, Henry Lee Lucas or somebody, or something like that. God is asking him to to, to do something tremendous. The Lord said to him, go thy way. Go on and do it. Why? He's a chosen vessel out of me to bear my name before the Gentiles, and kings and children of Israel. See, God chose him. It doesn't make a difference what we think about what he did. It doesn't... And people can look at somebody who's serving God and say, Yeah, well, I didn't when did he used to do this and that, murder? Well. Jesus, and I'll show you that. 1st Corinthians 15, 1-4. Paul said, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you,
0: which also
1: ye have received, and wherein ye stand. So you believed it, and now you are saved by it, and by which ye also are saved if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. What do you mean by that? He said, unless you understand. Empty believers. In other words, he thought just saying a prayer was going to save. By the way, there's a lot of people like that. Let me just pause here because that's important that you hear what I'm about to say. I mean, people can believe in vain. They, they believe in? Faith? They believe in a prayer. Now, no, it's not faith in Christ and what he's done. It's faith that, that those magic words, focus, focus, will go into heaven. A lot of people have false hope because they believed on some words rather than believing in the Son of God. It takes away the sins of the world. Let me get back where I was at. He said, like you believed in vain. He said, for I deliver. Now listen. Paul, that which I also received. Now, who did he receive it from? He received it from Christ. How that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. You remember, after Jesus resurrection, and he took those disciples, and he took them aside and went and taught them all things pertaining to him throughout the Old Testament. That happened right before Peter, James, and John, all that. him. He taught him down there in that wilderness in Arabia. He said how that Christ died our according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. And Romans Show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. The Apostle Paul was called suffer. I wonder why he had to suffer? Well, think about what he was doing before. Him. Before Paul, he tortured people, he imprisoned people, and he killed people. He had waged war on the saints of God. Then he was saved. He became a casualty of his own war. He started. Second Corinthians 11, 23 through 27. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more, and labors more abundant. Listen, in stripes above measure. He was beaten. <laughs> 39 stripes, Say one. Five times. Five times. He got that beating with a count of nine tails. Five times he endured the beating Jesus Christ. In prisons more frequently. He lost up a lot. In death of I mean he it was a few months and God raised him back up. Or the Jews five times. He said I would say forty stripes saved one. Three, three times, thrice I was beaten with a rod, just like a big old stick, where it took it, just beat him to pulverized him with it. Once I was stoned, that's when he was dead. Thrice three times something I shipwreck. a day and uh, night in the deep. In journeying often, I was always having to walk somewhere, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, the Jews were always after him, trying to kill him. In perils by the heathen, the, the, the Gentiles, people were trying to rob him, trying to murder him. In perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in the city, in the country, perils in the sea, perils amongst false brethren, in weariness, and painfulness, and watching often to know I was going to make it, in hunger and thirst, and fastings often because we didn't have any food. In cold and nakedness, man, he had a tough goal, But they go with things, yeah. God brought. Listen, He caused. He caused all that pain and suffering. Well, see, you can run with the devil for a long time, but when you decide to finally turn around and go the other way and walk with Jesus, you're gonna make the devil head on. And that's exactly what happened to Paul. He had to suffer. Why? Because He created the storm. Now he's got to walk through. Now let's back to our text, verse 17 and 18. I know we're over, but we're almost there, and we've got food waiting. <clears throat> and Ananias went his way, and entered into the house, and putting his hands on him, said, Brother Saul, Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way that thou camest, came, hath sent me, that thou mightest receive thy sight, and be filled with the Holy Ghost.
0: And immediately,
1: there fell from his eyes as it had been scaled and he received sight forthwith, and arose, and was baptized. Why would he need to be filled with the Holy Ghost? Because God had called him to ministry, and you can't minister for God without the power of the Holy Ghost. And I'm telling you right now, we're Christians all over this town, Christians all over this state, all over this country, and all of this world who are trying to minister for God, trying to do for God in their own strength, just like Abraham and Sarah tried to handle things in their own strength. It never works. You can't serve God in your own strength. You'll fail, 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 and judgment will hit your life. You must get on your knees and judge yourself and say, I need you in every step I take. I need you in everything I do. I can't do a thing but fail without you, God. Pour out your spirit on me. Use me. Cleanse my life and fill me and control me. That's what we must do. This whole book of Acts is about God saying, you've got to have the power of my spirit or you can't do anything for me. Now, we just read, I know, I know I'm over, but just give me a few minutes so I get done. 17 and 18, we read that. I want you to turn to Acts 22, turn over toward the end of the book. We're going to look there, we're going to compare this to where Paul goes into a little more detail, and I want you to understand, you, it's important, I want you to see these details. Acts 22, verses 3 and following. So Paul is going to give the same account of what happened. He said, I verily a man, which am a Jew, born in Tarsus, a city of Cilicia, yet brought... up in in this city in Jerusalem at the feet of Gamaliel and taught according to the perfect manner of the law of the fathers and was zealous toward God, as ye are all this day. And I persecuted this way unto the death, binding and delivering into prisons both men and women. As also the high priest does bear me witness. He went to him to get the letters. And all the estate of the elders, of whom also I received letters unto the brethren, and went to Damascus to bring them which were bound unto Jerusalem for to be punished. They all know what I went to do, is what he said. They gave me the letters. And it came to pass that as I made my journey and was come nigh to Damascus, and he tells us here what time it was. It was about noon. Suddenly there shone from heaven a great light around me. About me, he said, And I fell unto the ground, and I heard a voice say unto me, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And I answered and said, Who art thou, Lord? And he said unto me, I am Jesus of Nazareth. He said a little clearer there. I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom thou persecutest. And they that were with me indeed saw the light and were afraid, but they heard not the voice of them, they spoke to speak to me. Now, he said in the other passage that they heard the voice and they didn't know what it said. So I kind of get this. Maybe it was kind of like on Charlie Brown's special when Charlie Brown was talking to his teacher and she said, <laughs> I said maybe, maybe they just heard a noise but they couldn't get it. I don't know if that's how it was but I can only understand that they heard something. You remember a times when God spoke people thought it thundered. They didn't understand it. It was God speaking. And he said, what shall I do, Lord? And he said, the Lord said unto me, arise and go into Damascus and there it shall be told thee of all things which are appointed for thee to do. And when I could not see for the glory of that light being led to the hand of them that were with me, I came into Damascus. And one Ananias, a devout man according to the law, having a good report of all the Jews which dwelt there, came unto me and stood and said unto me, Brother Saul, receive thy sight. And that same hour I looked up upon him, and he said, The God of our fathers hath chosen thee that thou shouldest know his will. You know, God wants you to know His will too. And see that just one. He wants you to see Jesus and should should us hear the voice of His mouth. I see Him all the time. I see Him by the eye of faith. And I hear His voice when I look in the Word of God. He said, For thou shalt be a witness unto all men of what thou hast seen and heard. Amen? You know, that's what Peter James John said. Hey, we cannot but speak which we have seen and heard. And you know what? I can't help but speak what I have seen and heard. We're witnesses. He said, For thou shalt be his witness unto all men of what thou seen and heard. And now, why tarryest thou? What are you waiting on? Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. I read that and I went, ooh. Boy, I can't I can get happy on that one. But, it's, but they don't understand it. Amen. He's not telling him to get baptized and wash, just wash his sins away by the baptistry. Notice what he says. He says, Arise, be baptized, wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. He said, when you ask Jesus for salvation, he'll wash your sins away. He's saying, you need to bury that old murderous guy that showed up here yesterday. Get rid I mean, three days ago. You get rid of him. Wash him away. Hey, you're new in Christ now. Amen? When we get baptized, we're not washing any sins away. I mean, that's already taking place. It's symbolic of what's happened. And it came to pass. I was come again. When I was come again unto Jerusalem, even while I prayed in the temple, I was in a trance, and I saw him saying unto me, Make haste and get thee quickly out of Jerusalem, for they will not receive thy testimony concerning me. And I said, Lord, they know that I am imprisoned and beat in every synagogue them that believed on thee. And when the blood of thy martyr Stephen was shed, I also was standing by and was consenting unto his death, and kept the raiment of them that slew him. And he said unto me, Depart, for I will send thee far hence unto the Gentiles. And they gave him audience unto this word. And when he said unto the Gentiles, then they lift these are Jews in Jerusalem, they lifted up their voice and said, Away with such a fellow from the earth! In other words, he needs to die, for it is not fit that he should live. And as they cried out, they cast cast off their clothes and threw dust in the air. That was them expressing their revulsion toward him. Repulsion. Verse 19, And when he had received meat, he was strengthened. Then was Saul certain days with the disciples which were at Damascus. He believed on Jesus as the Messiah, and he also believed on him as his Lord and Savior. He got his direction. He was told what he was to do. And what did he do? He went immediately and got along with away. Until God had gave him assurance of what he was to do. What can we learn from this? God's called you from the mother. God. God's got a plan. Yes, you may have to go through some suffering and bumps along the way from things cause your past. You're going to have to meet up with your past. There'll be people who will say, oh, you ain't. Say, I remember how you used to. There's people used to come up to me all the time and say, when are you going to get back to Sunday? Same Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. You've got to come hear me. Listen, there's always going to be people. There's always going to be bumps. There's always going to be things that are going to be setbacks. And there's going to be things you're going to have to endure. You're going to have to humble yourself. You can't can't go through life serving God with your head held high and full of pride. You've got to come to the end of yourself and say, Lord, I can't do anything right without you. I need you all the way. I need you every step. Every word that comes out of my mouth, Lord, you guide it. Every thought that goes through my head, Lord, you direct it. God has people, just like he had people that only Saul was going to reach. God has people that only you are going to reach. And God will equip you if God could take a murderer who hated him with everything in him, and he can take him and use, turn him around and use him as a, as a powerful tool and a powerful instrument. And at the same time, he was full of weakness. I mean, he was a knotted, scarred up, arthritic, blind little old man who had to be led by the hand most every place he went. And yet, he was, he was a powerful. He would go places, and they'd see him, and they'd say, "We was all worried about him when he wrote letters to us, but look at him he ain't nothing." His what? His letters are so weighty. You'll come down here, you'll get on your knees somewhere, and you'll 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 do a fall. Let all that man fall to the ground. Let God, God use you. Two. Let's stand together. Sang a song of invitation. 375. I know I've kept you a little long. I know we got food waiting on us back there, but I want to say to you this this morning or uh, this afternoon, whatever it is, if God has showed you something in this message, you do it yourself and him a great service if you cut yourself short because you're worried about somebody else or something. Come, do Pray Father, bless this invitation. Lord, please use this message for moment Rest in to the time is short. people are going to go We don't take the responsibility to bear the Help us. Call people out in your service. Jesus. Amen. We're going to sing just as I am this morning. 375. Sing <laughs> <laughs> you. outside of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's my favorite character in the Bible. I was talking all about that this morning, and the reason being is because he endured so much. He went through so many trials, but yet he made up his mind, and he wouldn't change it. He said, matter what it cost him? I heard it cost him. Well, I'm in a bond with prison, I'm walking around. It doesn't matter. Whatever state I am, they with me. We're going to go back here, and we're going to get up something to eat, and we're going to celebrate this Christmas so y'all help me do that, let's let go to the Lord's prayer, and we're ask the Lord to bless on the food, Be dismissed, and y'all get on back. Donnie, won't you dismiss